The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, Leadership Matters. Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I bring you greetings from the Neighborhood House Association in San Diego, California. Did I say California? <laughs> California, thank you so much for joining us. And I want to say thank you to my co-host, who's also in San Diego today, uh, Linda Shoup. Thank you for being on the line today. Hello. Yeah, Linda is a president and consultant with Organization Effectiveness Consultants. Also with us on the line, we have the CEO of Right Ideas Unlimited, Valerie Wright. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you, Dr. G. Always good to be here. Yes, and our special guest for today is Antonia, Antonio Cardona and Antonio is the director of the Urban Institute for Service and Learning with Pillsbury United Communities in Minneapolis. So thank you, Antonio, for being on the line today. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, well, I'm excited and really looking forward to what we're going to be talking about this month, and that is um, mentoring. So looking at, you know, how do we find, how do we cultivate, how do we maximize the value of mentoring relationships? And so really highlighting this leadership matter of mentoring. Before we dive deep into this topic, Antonio, I want to invite you to maybe just share a little bit about yourself and, you know, why we probably sought you out to be uh, one of our special guests today. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm the director, uh, as you said, of the Urban Institute for Service and Learning, which is a department of Pillsbury United Communities. Um, Pillsbury United Communities is a large social service agency in Minneapolis with a number of different community centers uh, throughout the city. Um, we also authorize uh, 27 charter schools kind of in an urban setting. Um, so the Urban Institute is almost like a community center, but it's really intended to be a training, learning, and development, and education-oriented center. Um, so in contrast to our other centers where it's um, direct service, people come in and get access to food shelves, clothing, closets. Ours is, you know, really strictly based around training and development. Um, so it's a pretty new unit um, and uh, we do kind of two key programs that really are based around mentoring and education. Of course, like I said, we really do um, uh, charter school authorizing, providing the monitoring oversight for uh, 27 urban charter schools. Um, but then we also operate a program called Public Allies Twin Cities, which is part of a national network. Um, so Public Allies is a national organization um, that was started in the early 90s. Um, actually, Michelle Obama was the founding CEO in Chicago uh, at the Chicago site, so kind of a great 
history and very kind of strong community organizing uh, presence and connection. So the Public Allies Program here in the Twin Cities, uh, what we do is every 10 months, we recruit about 25 diverse young leaders, uh, so people 18 to 30, uh, to work full-time with us. And so what they do is they are uh, paired with a mentor at a nonprofit organization based here locally where they work full-time Monday through Thursday. And then for a full day on Fridays, they receive about seven and a half hours of leadership development training. So what we kind of describe it as being two buckets of information, one being around values-based leadership. So those are things around collaboration, um, how you work effectively in teams, um, what do you um, kind of have in your uh, worldview in terms of privilege, um, oppression, you know, kind of systemic racism, the way that society is structured, um, all of that values-based stuff that some folks kind of say is more intangible. Um, but then we also do nonprofit mechanics. So the, the tangible things that you need to know, um, like finance and budgeting, um, how, to, how to build a nonprofit, how to manage a board and govern appropriately. So anything that you would really need to know to successfully manage a nonprofit organization. Um, so we, we spend 10 uh, full months full-time with uh, 25 diverse young leaders. Um, some other sites in the country have more, some have less. Um, but really the idea is that we are changing the face and practice of nonprofit leadership. And we have the idea that those that are leading organizations should really represent and you know, mirror the face of what America is continuing to develop into demographically. Um, so you know, as you look at kind of frontline staff, mid-managerial levels, executive and board level, um, the higher you get up in that hierarchy, you know, the, the demographics become more homogenous. And so what we're really trying to do is shift that tide a little bit and, you know, look, in, look for some homegrown leaders that we can really cultivate and put into those sorts of positions. Okay. Um, so that's the, the, the broad mm-hmm. overview of, uh, you know, what public allies is. So the mentorship component um, is, is really critical to it. Okay, fabulous. Thank you, Antonio. I'm going to stick with Antonio or whoever else would like to jump in and just say, I know there are so many definitions of mentoring and what a mentor is and what a mentor relationship is. Anyone want to share just your thoughts on what mentoring is? Like, What is mentoring? Sure. I mean, I think about mentoring in, in two different ways. And so I've certainly um, kind of mirrored our local public allies Twin Cities program uh, alongside another program that I personally participated in, which was the National Urban Fellows Program. Um, so National Urban Fellows is a national organization um, that uh, really recruits about 40 um, kind of mid-career level, um, you know, people of color and women. And, you know, the goal is to get them into public administration or public sector jobs. And so it's a similar setup where um, it's paired with a master's degree, uh, but then you work full-time nine months at at an organization somewhere in the country. And so the mentorship is really folded into two different pieces. So one, I would say, is kind of the the direct meeting with a mentor, um, kind of a a personal conversation. Um, You might look at specific topics each time, you know, maybe it is, you know, how do I appropriately manage staff? Or maybe it's around how do you approach fundraising and what are the things that you need to know? Um, but then the second piece is more, I think, hands-on mentoring, um, where you have an opportunity to either um, co-create a project or initiate a project or something where you're applying your learning in real time, and then that gets matched with more of that intentional one-on-one time with your mentor. 
Okay, great. Linda or Valerie, anything you'd like to add with regards to what mentoring is to you? Go ahead, Val. Sure. Um, I would talk about it in terms of a broad um, professional perspective. It's generally mentors have a degree of uh, achievement in their field, and the mentee is someone who is growing, developing. They may be in the field but needing to uh, get go to another level. So uh, it is a relationship between those two individuals that help one is helping the other, whether long-term or short-term, uh, navigate, you know, if it's internal culture, politics, um, help them uh, be a sounding board for that individual, help provide some perspective on problems, issues they're dealing with, um, you know, help them in terms of overall uh, decision-making ability, just in in terms of their professional well-being, helping them to, uh, develop and grow in a way that is both positive and effective and improve their career uh, path and process, if you will. You know, I have an interesting yeah, um, thanks, comment re- related to that. I totally agree with what Val said. And um, to beg forgiveness here before anybody gets upset, I think that our younger generations in the workforce maybe don't see the roles as the spirit, and I've spoken to so many who view it almost as, quote, peer coaching. And so I hear that label from the Gen Xers used a lot to represent uh, two-way coaching in areas where one is strong and the other is not, or kind of a reciprocity that um, people share and a philosophy of that that is in addition to what both Val and Antonio have mentioned. Um, it's not, in, in my uh, recent experience, it's not just the senior subject matter experts and the novices because there's so much to learn and share in any given organization. It can almost be department-to-department department, uh, mm-hmm. peer coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if anyone else has run into that, but I see that term and I've used that term to frame it differently for um, acceptance. Right. And I think, again, I think mentors are used in a lot of different ways and it's framed in a lot of different ways. I, I think um, in my career I've seen mentors over time uh, initially start out as um, – someone who has achieved something that someone else is trying to accomplish and um, someone who would um, be willing then to um, share um, some time with them and more so than in, in that process of sharing time with them, really communicate some acceptance of that person, communicate some um, hope for that person and be willing to support providing guidance to help them then achieve what they've achieved and go beyond, I think was kind of like more of a conventional way of looking at mentoring. And I know here within our organization, I have a team of mentors that uh, report in our um, organization development, our training organization development uh, department, where they provide mentoring to 
primarily our Head Start teaching staff, and um, it's a way of transitioning, or I should say continuing to reinforce things that we think are important that may have been taught in a training program, but we really want to get the um, experience out in the workplace and provide very targeted opportunities for learning. So we have a, a team of mentors who provide what Linda was talking about. Very often they're using um, coaching skills, and it's a, it's a in-classroom or in the center, in the field, kind of a, a coaching arrangement um, and I think if we look at, you know, even some of the even more contemporary uh, things that are out there regarding um, mentoring and how mentoring is being framed, are, are either of you guys familiar with the book Lean In? Where I think, um, yes. yeah, so I think um, Cheryl, uh, I think Sandberg, what's her last name, does a nice job of talking about mentoring and how it's shifted and the process is a little different, one might say, in this fast-paced society where, you know, mentoring is almost described as check-in points, or not even check-in, but opportunities, moments of connection where one might be able to um, get some inspiration and some guidance for someone, and it's not necessarily that we're meeting quarterly to do so, but we're meeting and walking and talking when the opportunity um, presents itself, and I might identify someone as a mentor, but I don't necessarily say, will you be my mentor, as much as um, look for opportunities to connect with them and be ready to um, create a quality experience through communication um, when that opportunity to connect happens. So I think, again, it's framed in so many uh, different ways. Um, Any other thoughts around this whole concept of mentoring, just what it is before we move to another space? Well, yeah, maybe I, Antonio can talk a little bit about the difference in formal programs where people are um, identified as mentor-mentees and in a relationship and um, the informal kind of chemistry that happens on the job when we help and coach and mentor each other. Absolutely. I mean, I think the way that I, I think about it is I think about there being maybe three different types of, of mentoring. You know, one, the more formal mentorship where it's, it's structured through a program, you know, such as Public Allies or maybe something like Big Brothers, Big Sisters or something where it's, it's very clear what the arrangement is to everybody involved. Um, you know, then so, there's a, a Antonio, secondary I'm going to actually, sorry? I'm going to actually just interrupt you for just a hot second. I think you're going into a great space. I'm going to put a comma there because we need to take Take a commercial break. Please stay with us and keep your thoughts, Antonio. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. 
What are the reasons that over three quarters of small businesses fail within three years? Why do 70% of U.S. women-owned businesses make less than $50,000 a year? What causes mid-sized companies to stagnate? Although today many fundamentals of business remain the same, there are critical current changes that are not being acknowledged, and the result is costly. Tune in to Moving Forward with host Jen Sabin. We'll discuss the core reasons and plans of action to keep your business moving forward. Listen Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Thank you for staying with us. We're back with more on Leadership Matters. I'm your host for today, Cheryl G., with the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. We also have our co-host, Linda Shu, President and Consultant of Organization Effectiveness Consultants, and Valerie Wright with Right Ideas Unlimited, CEO in West Palm Beach, Florida. And our special guest today, we have Antonio Cardona, who's the Director of the Urban Institute for Service and Learning with Pillsbury United Communities in Minneapolis. Um, Antonio, before we went to break, you were in the midst of, um, I think, responding to a, a question that Linda had thrown out there. Uh, if we could um, pick up with that, maybe hearing the differences between those three. Sure, absolutely. So I, I think that there's, you know, kind of three different ways of how mentoring relationships are structured. Um, as I was saying, the one is the formal one where somebody enters a program, you know, such as Public Allies Twin Cities that we operate or like a um, Big Brothers Big Sisters or, you know, something where it's very clear what arrangement you're entering into. Um, a secondary arrangement where you may be um, employed somewhere and you have a kind of an on-the-job coach that you may be assigned to um, and it's it's slightly formal, slightly informal, maybe somebody that you can check in with every now and then. Um, and then a, a third area where I see is more personal uh, and informal. So maybe it's not attached to a specific program or an employment position that you have. Um, but just because you yourself want to be able to advance your career or you know, kind of gain access to new networks or skill sets. And so you're you know, looking for other people in the community or around you um, kind of have to you know, have these more kind of informal conversations. So, so those are the three kind of distinctions that I see. Great. Thank you. Anyone else want to add anything to those um, distinctions? Okay. So I think that that's helpful, and it probably puts each of those that we talked about in the beginning of the show in one of those buckets, so to speak. Um, Valerie, why don't we begin with some of the questions from our listening audience? Sure. I have a question from Marilyn in Florida. Uh, Marilyn says, I'm planning to sign up for a mentoring program. What are some of the tips to help me be most effective in this work? Mm. Anyone want to respond to Marilyn? Marilyn, thank you so much for your, for your question. Yeah. I think one of the essential first steps in a mentoring program is that the two individuals collaboratively define and identify, you know, 
what the goals are, what their intentions are with honesty, have a real open conversation to kind of make sure they are going to be a match and that the values are going to align in terms of what their expectations are for uh, their work together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to make sure both understand the confidentiality of the relationship because mentoring is really about building and keeping trust. Um, there tend to be things said that you don't want repeated and, you know, it's just a confidential relationship and I think that has to be clear in that whoever the mentor or mentee is, um, that needs to be kept in mind as you begin to identify the person. If it's an informal, even if you have a formal program at your um, company, when you look at the individuals who are the mentors, you're looking for someone who you believe uh, align with your individual values, someone you could build a close relationship with in terms of being willing to share things um, that you ne- ne- don't necessarily want out in the company's culture. So looking for that real connection. Mm-hmm. Great. I, I think that's great um, advice for Marilyn and others. Um, Antonio or Linda, anything you might want to add with regards to what are some tips that might really help this individual as they move into a mentoring relationship. Sure, and I would I would really echo um, what was just said in in the f- the first portion, and you know just being really clear uh, what it is you're looking for. You know, making sure that you have clear questions, um, because sometimes mentoring relationships can be fairly loose, um, and the person who's on the the mentor end um, can you know have some confusion as to what is going to be most helpful to that mentee. So I would say that's that's first. You know, being really clear what you're looking for, um, and then secondarily, I would say to be as as open as possible. To to the information. So, you know, a, a mentoring relationship, I think, can look at two things. One, kind of technical aspects, content, getting deeper understanding of one particular content area. Um, but then a secondary piece about transferable skills and the broader level, high functions. Um, and I would say that it's really important to be really open to that secondary piece and not just looking for the technical aspects or more content, um, but to really look for the things that are going to help you kind of across your career, things that are going to be applicable to other venues. Mm-hmm. So let's say if someone is listening and they're kind of wondering, what is the value of having a mentor and should I get a mentor, should I not get a mentor, what would either of you say about the value of a mentor? What, what might one expect to gain from a mentoring relationship? If, if I may, uh-huh. so let's, Linda, I think that um, that question you just asked completely bridges what we were just talking about. And um, the value is, I, I think it's both a value and a risk, because here you've asked someone to pay attention to you um, and to help you out. And if you fall short or don't do what you say you're going to do, uh, the process has backfired, and that's if you're in the mentee role. But I also believe that exists in the mentor role, that the, the questioner, the person who sent the question in, didn't indicate that I heard which role they were considering. And from my point of view, if you're considering being the mentor, I think there are some questions to ask yourself. You know, how much availability do I have? Can I honestly get behind this person? Will I um, ever be able to turn into an advocate 
or do I need to be very careful not to become in that advocate sponsor role? I've had client organizations that when you go beyond a mentor, you become in that uh, space of sponsor, and that means you are so confident in the person that you've mentored that you're willing to advocate for them in terms of talent management. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think uh, kind of weaving back that that bridge of what do you have to consider is on both sides. And the other thing I was going to say is when does it end? You know, sometimes closure, like project management, are we done? You know, go mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. Valerie? There are two things I would respond to Linda with. One is I think the key to the relationship is dialogue. It's all about maintaining that connection, that it's not a rigid uh, process of one-sidedness, that there is flexibility, there's conversation. Is this working for you? What's not working? How can I be more helpful? Um, and the responsibility of the mentee to ensure that they're getting their needs met by, make, um, you know, really stating clearly, uh, I think Antonio said this, being really clear about the expectations. So I think that, th and sometimes it just doesn't work, but I think a way to support and ensure it works is to continue that dialogue because it's about change and it's about learning, and that happens in the in the process of conversation. So yeah. I think that's one piece. And then I, there is another as in re regards to her question, when does the relationship end? And um, it depends on what, where and how the relationship starts. I have someone I started mentoring six years ago. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. oh, I started mentoring six years ago, and we still check in. I call periodically to see how she's doing, how I can be helpful. And if she runs into roadblocks, she calls me, whereas there are other relationships that I'm a women of tomorrow mentor, and that that relationship is one that's formal. Um, I mentor high school students, and it's in the context of their guidelines. So there, you can't have contact outside of the school environment. You know, there are guidelines that mm. say at the end of their senior year, they move on. You know, you may see them again, but that mentor relationship as it was a part of Women of Tomorrow ends when that student graduates. So, you know, it, it, it depends on how the relationship is defined from the beginning. There is a model that says you either graduate or you come up, you redefine the relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a point kind of like the life cycles of organization. You know, you have startup, you have growth, and you have established, mm -hmm. and that decline. So where mm -hmm. do you go when you start to decline? Do you redefine it or do you let it die? So I think that, Linda, mm -hmm. gets answered between yeah. the two people. Very good. And I think that the, um, I think there are some things that I think are just real important in what both of you have said. And what I want to probably underscore is that dialogue in the openness and kind of going back to what Antonia, yourself, and Valerie talked about with regards to being clear on the intention mm -hmm. um, from the beginning and then uh, maybe answering both um, Linda, your question, Valerie's response around when does it end. I think also being real clear up front, you know, I think it's, 
I think it's clearer if it's part of a program. It's not so clear when it's not. I think people learn and grow from interactions with each other. I think you guys always hear me say that. I think the mentoring is just another opportunity for that interaction and for that mentoring relationship to be effective. It's real helpful if we're real clear as to, you know, kind of like what we're looking for and that we're giving the mentor something to react to. And sometimes there may be some assignments that come out of it. It really helps the mentor feel like we're engaged if we do what they've asked us to do. And if, you know, we as the mentee take the responsibility of reaching out on a consistent basis to really be sure that we're kind of building the relationship and the connection in a meaningful way. Um, It's so important for the mentor to position themselves and to behave in a way that's consistent with what Valerie was talking about with regards to feeling like there's some confidentiality there and there's some comfort and all those things that need to happen for there to be some a sense of acceptance for trust mm-hmm. to be part of that relationship so the open dialogue does take place. Um, Antonio, any thoughts from yourself at this moment? Yeah, I mean, the thing that I think about is, you know, some of these uh, questions will really vary based on, I think, the formality of the mentorship. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're more on the informal uh, mentor piece, there, there won't necessarily be, uh, you know, an end uh, necessarily. I, one of the things that I'm uh, triggered in is there's a great book um, called How to Be a Nonprofit Rockstar. And uh, the two individuals, uh, Trista Harris and um, Rosetta Thurman, wrote it. And in it, there's this great section around kind of, they say, creating your Franken-mentor. Um, And that's really been the path that I have followed myself. And so the idea behind it is you're going to find different individuals that have small portions of things that you would like to either emulate or learn from. So you're not really having one specific mentor, but you might have about eight. Um, And the way that I've, you know, kind of started my career is I would say the folks that have been my mentor probably didn't even know that they were my mentor. time for a break again, Antonio. I'm so sorry. Can I actually have you put a comma there one more time? Yeah, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and hear the rest of that. I'm loving where you're going. And I think that's very consistent with what Cheryl was saying in her book as well. Um, Please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Did you know that at the root of every business problem lies a communication issue? Communication Nation, a show that brings effective business communication practices to the masses, addresses a number of topics and talking points that impact your professional development, as well as business productivity and profitability. Host Jill Schiffelbein makes the theoretical tangible. Tune in each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be ready to become a better communicator with Communication Nation. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovations.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. And thank you for staying with us. I'm Cheryl T., your host for the day from Neighbors House Association in San Diego, California. Co-hosting with me today is Linda Shu, President and Consultant with Organization Effectiveness Consultants. And we have our Associate Producer on the line, Valerie Wright, CEO of Right Ideas Unlimited, based in West Palm Beach, Florida. And our guest for today is Antonia um, Cardona who's the director of the Urban Institute for Service and Learning with the Pillsbury United Communities in Minneapolis. And before we went to break, Antonio, you were sharing some wonderful pearls of wisdom. I'm going to ask you just to pick right back up on those. Sure. Uh, so I think where I left off was really talking about, um, you know, formal versus informal mentors. And where I was, you know, speaking on is, you know, having kind of a cadre of mentors. So I was saying in my own experience, um, many of my mentors didn't even know that they were really my mentors, um, but people that would really just, you know, kind of give freely of their time for me to pick their brain, ask questions. Um, and I think if you're not part of a formal program, that's really the way to go. And so the, the reference that I had was um, from this book called uh, How to Be a Nonprofit Rockstar, and they talk about creating your Franken-mentor. So little pieces that you can get from different people that you would like to emulate or kind of gain knowledge um, and experience for. Um, and I think, you know, for especially a lot of millennials, um, that's the way that they approach mentorship. Um, if they take that own, their own initiative in, you know, pulling multiple people together. Um, and so in that way, you know, based on the uh, initial question we just had was, um, you know, where, where does it stop? Where does it end? And I think in a structure like that, it just continues to shift in shape uh, versus having a formal end, end point. Yeah, wonderful. I love that. And I think that's very consistent with what Cheryl Sandberg talks about in her book, Lean In. Um, it's really more of the creating a space to connect with people that you value some interaction with. And it may not be that you ever ask them, will you be my mentor, as much as you have in mind conversation that um, in your listening ears on to gather from them and to absorb from them that which you think would help you be able to make better informed decisions in your own life. Um, anything anyone else would like to add to that? I would like to make sure that we um, kind of give a snapshot of just tips for how to get the most out of a mentor as well as tips on how to be an effective mentor and then maybe get in another question or two from our listening audience. Uh, any top-of-mind tips that either of you will um, provide with regards to getting the most out of your mentor? I think the first thing is to be clear about what you want to accomplish with a mentor. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good relationship in terms of general support and feedback about your profession, but really being clear because then that helps the mentor know more specifically how to support you in your encounters or in their thinking or opportunities they can provide for you, um, I think it's important to start out with clarity about what you, what and why you want a mentor and then finding the right mentor. Okay, great. Any other tips with regards to getting the most out of a mentoring relationship? 
Yes, I, I have one. So I think that um, in the context of kind of formal versus informal mentorship, sometimes the word mentor can be kind of frightening for people that you may be asking to be your mentor. Um, I've heard from a few, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, community elders or individuals that frequently get asked to be a mentor. Um, and that can be kind of a scary thing because it automatically comes with this connotation of, um, you know, a heavy investment of time and energy. Um, so individuals may kind of shy away from a mentorship relationship. So I, I recommend to people, um, rather than asking, will you be my mentor, um, maybe it goes back to that being very clear about what you're looking for. Um, so maybe it is, you know, can you sit down with me for an hour to talk about how you um, learned the most that you did around kind of legislative and policy change? Um, that's a very specific and direct person that uh, or thing that somebody can walk you through, um, and you're still able to get what you're looking for uh, without kind of scaring, you know, people away. Mm-hmm. I love that. That's great. That's a stellar point. And if that was so uh, easy, we should all apply it in performance management as we go along day to day also. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if I was going to add anything, I would say I agree with a lot of what everybody has said. I think one of the tips um, is to um, establish um, kind of what um, are frequently referred to these days as self-management and self-responsibility uh, parameters with your um, expectations as you go forward. Because at the points in time when I've gone as the mentee asking for someone to be a mentor or to coach me on something or to give me a political perspective that I may not have, um, I sometimes need to sit back and be really clear on why and what I'm going to do with that information. And am I asking them inherently to do something for me? Like, can you step in and help? And I have to be careful to self-manage that line between what I need to go do, uh, in, both in preparation and afterwards that I'm not depending on a mentor to follow up unless very specifically previously agreed, but that it's my job then being mentored to move forward and to push mm-hmm. the envelope. Mm-hmm. Very good. I love um, all of those, and I particularly like underscoring this idea of just simply having a mentoring conversation, and that might be because of my own um like lack and might, I've had that fear come up when people ask me to be their mentor. They, oh Lord, how much time are they looking? And I'll ask, well, you know, what does that look like for you? Um, but it's a lot, it's a lot less scary for someone to simply say, can we sit down and have a conversation about X? Then um, will you be my mentor? Um, not because we don't want to be a mentor as much as we're just very often pulled in so many different directions and our plates are so full. Um, it's so. Sitting down, having lunch, or having a conversation seems feels more doable. Um, wanting to underscore also, just if you're in that mentoring relationship, to make sure that when you approach that mentor, whether it's it, even if it's to sit down and have a conversation about something, to be the conversation starter as relates to giving the person something to react to. I think that can be um, just really helpful and making sure that there's follow-through. There's nothing worse than, you know, asking someone to clear their calendar to be with you and and you're initiating that you want to have this person um, 
engage with you and then don't follow through on the appointment or don't follow through on what they've asked you to do. And and then also part of building a relationship is, is trying to be helpful to them. So what can you do? Is there anything you might do? Can you, can you learn about that person? And is there any way that you can also, if you're going to actually have a mentoring relationship, demonstrate um, some commitment to be helpful to that person as well? Um, want to flip the coin a little bit and say how might one go about being an effective mentor? So if you're going to give some tips to those who might be listening about how they might actually be effective as a mentor, what are some of your thoughts in that regard? Uh, again, I think it's being clear about what you can commit to. Ah, I love uh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, what, in, in terms of time, mm-hmm. in terms of, um, you know, their, the, individual, the mentee's need, because I think when you have the conversation up front, what are you expecting, what is it you want to achieve, uh, the mentor needs to say up front, I'm, I have that time, I don't have that time, I have this much time, I'm not willing to do this or that. I think it has to be, um, and I said it earlier, just a very honest conversation um, where they're open to you know, speak honestly about their ability to commit to the relationship and what that would look like so that the mentee knows whether or not they or can assess whether or not they'll get what they need from that individual if it's more than, you know, a conversation here or there, what is that commitment? Mm-hmm. Great. Other thoughts on how to be an effective mentor? Any tips, Any either if you want to? Yeah, I have, I have two, actually. I think one is, um, first, uh, be first and foremost, really willing to listen uh, to what the, what the mentee is, is wanting to get from you. Um, you know, really start out with that because a lot of times, um, even though we're talking about, you know, the mentee being very clear, a lot of times people aren't totally clear what they're looking for. So from a mentor perspective, really being able to, you know, kind of listen in on what they're looking for and what is going unsaid um, and being able to kind of see those underlying um, thoughts and be able to connect those, you know, for the mentee. Um, the secondary piece is, I think, being able to just ask really probing and deep questions um, because a lot of times the most effective mentors that I've personally had is not somebody who tells me what to do, um, but somebody that has really asked me very powerful questions um, that allows me to come to my own answers um, that I wouldn't have been able to come to myself. Love it. And anything you might add, Linda? Well, one, I'll say, I was looking for something on Amazon the other day and was surprised to find a whole series of books about what was just mentioned by Antonio. How do you ask the right questions to be an effective mentor, coach, manager, etc.? There's a plethora of books right now about asking questions, so I encourage our listeners to check out you know, the resources they can find at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. I would add to Antonio's comments that the mentor, as well as asking those questions, should be willing to share perspectives that may not be so easy to share with the mentee. Um, and I'm speaking about truth of what that person may be saying. I think you have to, at some level, guide or direct the thinking or at least point them in the right direction. Uh, in addition to those those questions when they, um, you know, don't come up mm-hmm. with, uh, and I'm not sure what the right 
statement is, but right. they are not going to always get it right in terms mm-hmm. of what they're seeking to become or do or gain. So be willing to share a perspective that helps them rethink the their own thinking. The difference between psychoanalysis and yeah. the cognitive therapy is what mm-hmm. you're talking about, right. not just listening. Okay. But mm-hmm. so we actually need to move to break. So when we come back, I'll get your, either of your final thoughts on that, if you had something else you'd like to share, and we'll kind of finalize some thinking with regards to how to be an effective mentor, see if we can get another question in here, and um, some additional thoughts on this topic of mentoring. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network leadership matters is brought to you by innovisions need to improve leadership staff or organization performance contact innovisions today for quality effective and affordable leadership staff and organization development training coaching and consulting services call 858-244-8264 That's 858-244-8264. Or send an email to Dr. G. Her email address is drg at innovisions.org. Innovisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego, California. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. Our workplace is dynamically changing. How do you stay ahead of the curve with respect to learning and training? Tune in every week to The Future of Workforce Learning and Development with host Pamela Robinson. You'll learn about real-world strategies, solutions, and resources that will showcase these changes and keep you ready for what's next. The Future of Workforce Learning and Development is heard live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to drg at innovisions.org. Now, back to Leadership Matters. Hey, we're back with more on Leadership Matters talking about how to be an effective mentor in this segment and just kind of getting some final tips. Um, you know, one reference that I um, kind of actually Googled and, and got, I tell you, any topic nowadays you can go into the web and get a, a number of things, and I saw a lot of different lists out there, but one list that I absolutely thought had a lot of um, little nuggets came from the uh, fabulous WikiHow um, <laughs> <laughs> hit that I got and it says choose your mentees wisely talks about the personality match 
talks about treating the mentoring relationship as a learning process for yourself as well as the mentee. goes back to what Antonio said around listening to your mentees. Find out what their long-term goals are. Find out what their challenges are so that you can support them in achieving them. Dedicate time to the mentoring relationship. Seek opportunities to advance your mentees' careers. Give honest uh, feedback, both positive and challenging. Um, be motivating and encouraging. Share your own experiences, kind of going back to what Valerie was saying in your own career story. Set some boundaries so that people know what to expect and be a role model and know that your own career actually serves as a testimony to your others because they're going to be learning from not only your past experiences but what's happening currently in your career path. So I thought that was a great list and wanted to just underscore it and share it. Um, Valerie, Antonia, and Linda, I'm going to ask each of you to share just your final tips and thoughts on this topic for our listening audience. Sure, I can, I can start. Um, I think in, in the context of you know, a mentee looking at a mentor, uh, it's going to be really important for a mentee to take into consideration um, kind of the, the time commitments, the work styles of the mentor that they're looking for. Um, some people are going to want to be very warm and open and genuine with you. Um, some are going to be, you know, want to be very kind of clear-cut formal, um, and, you know, some are going to want to get technical in detail. Um, others are going to be a little bit more Socratic. Um, so being able to take in consideration the mentor's own kind of personality and work style is going to be really critical. Thank you, Antonio. Valerie, how about yourself? Sure. I think the first thing is to understand from both sides that everybody has a reason and a goal for being in the relationship, and that should be clear from the onset. Um, and I think it's really important for the mentee to um, identify a person whose values align with theirs. I think uh, um, they would need to make sure it's someone they can admire and respect and who actually is doing well in their profession but who's not afraid to tell them, you know, the difficulties they've had because sometimes mistakes are our best teachers. So um, someone who will be transparent, honest, and sharing with that person. And, you know, depending on what they need, they may want to really look closely at someone whose background in terms of race, culture, ethnicity, identify with them, uh, depending on the situation that they're in, might be helpful as well. You know, it's sometimes you just need somebody who can understand from your perspective. So I think that's important. Great. Thank you. And final thoughts from yourself, Linda. Um, I have two quick thoughts. One is um, I have a client who's using action reflection learning teams as a mentoring experience. So a group is mentoring a group to carry out a strategic initiative of the community college district as a mentoring year-long project to kind of take it to a more strategic interconnected level. Um, and the other one has escaped me right now, so I'm sure it will come back over the next few weeks. Okay, great. And we'll look forward to hearing more about that, Linda, when you host a show on mentoring at mm-hmm. San Diego Community um, College District on September the 18th. So we'll definitely look forward to hearing about that um, topic and then also hearing more about do mentoring programs make a difference. I think Antonio's given us a great um, 
kind of start on that conversation, and John's going to continue that conversation when he hosts next week on uh, September the 11th. I've actually really enjoyed this conversation. I think I have uh, not labeled it as such, but I think the approach that I've taken to mentoring in my own life, I've had a few formal mentors, but I've always had a cadre of mentors. And as Antonio talked about, you know, being able and being willing to sit down and have this conversation, you know, are you willing, you know, could you sit down and talk with me about when you did this project or you were handling this or how you handled that? I think those are conversations that I've had. I don't know that I've labeled them as mentoring conversations, and yet I can, and I don't think I've ever have said to several people, will you be my mentor that I've really looked up to as mentors and who really have supported and guided me uh, in my career. I I think mentoring is a very valuable way of um, creating um, positive interaction and learning experience for ourselves. So I want to thank each of you for um, being on today and for sharing your tips and thoughts with our listening audience. Um, Antonio, I know you started off with regards to talking about your mentoring uh, program. Would you like to give us a website or anything that could help people maybe connect with you or find out more about um, your program? Sure, absolutely. And I'll, I'll say the two. Um, so the first is Public Allies. Um, so it's publicallies.org is a national website. And then you'll be able to drill down further into the individual cities where the program is offered. Um, and then the secondary uh, uh, resource is National Urban Fellows, uh, which, is, which is a national uh, mid-career professional uh, master's degree program that partners you up with a mentor um, at some large nonprofit somewhere in the country. Fabulous. And that's uh, NUF.org. Thank you. And listening audience, wanted to connect more with Valerie. Valerie, how can they connect with you? Sure. Um, I'm, that my website is Right Ideas Unlimited. That's www.rightideasunlimited.com. Also, if there uh, have young women who are interested in being mentored in the high school setting, they can go to um, Women of Tomorrow. It's www.womenoftomorrow.org, and it's a uh, mentoring and scholarship program, and um, young ladies are in from ninth through twelfth grade, and you know at the end they are able to get a scholarship. And we are in um, Florida, Detroit. We are opening in New York, and uh, there's one other location I can't remember, but they'll find it on the website. Great, thank you. And a quick um, contact from yourself, Linda. Uh, you can contact me at my website. Oh. ECstrategicsolutions.com. Great, and I can be reached at uh, www.innovisions, which is I N N O V I S I O N S dot org. Um, again, thank you for tuning in today. It's been a wonderful conversation, and I look forward to. Um, really continuing this dialogue on this topic of mentoring throughout the month of September. Please stay with us and tune in every Wednesday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions. Thank you again for tuning in. Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G., Jenny Frumer, John Janetta, and Linda Schub is broadcast live every Wednesday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a wonderful week and make your leadership matter.